Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. And yesterday, I'm thrilled that you enjoyed the podcast, looking at the numbers of downloads. Praise God. Um, and friends, this is with being censored on, by big tech and uh, shadow banned on Facebook and really limited in how we can get it out there. So I know it's you. It's the body of Christ. Ultimately, it is the Lord Jesus. And I thank you so much for uh, your encouragement and sharing the podcast. But can't wait to talk with Jan Markell in just a minute. And before we do that, I want to remind you I'll be in Colorado, Denver area, Plum Creek Chapel this Sunday. You can live stream that if you'd like. It's a 9 a.m. service, um, 10 a.m. service central time to our central time friends. So uh, it's not by Works Ministries, uh, J.B. Hickson's church. So I'll be there this weekend. So hopefully you can invite some friends in, in the Colorado Springs area, Denver area. Also want to just say... It's Veterans Day, and we want to take this time to point out Romans 13, 7 that says we ought to give honor and respect to whom it is due. And being Veterans Day, a reminder to thank all those you know who serve in the armed forces or who have served throughout our nation's history, including those who paid the ultimate price. We are the land of the free because of the brave. As President Ronald Reagan once said, freedom is a fragile thing. And it's never more than one generation away from extinction. So the freedom to live according to your conscience, to peaceably practice your Christian faith, how you see fit, and the freedom from tyranny are among the precious gifts bestowed to us by our Creator, our Lord and Savior, and defended by generations of Americans. So today, thank somebody, mention it on your social media. It's a day that offers us an opportunity to remember our veterans who have served and who have fought to defend America and its freedoms. God bless them and their families. And remember to lift them up in prayer, especially those who have been wounded or um, have lost loved ones. So, Father in heaven, thank you for these men and women of God throughout the generations who have fought and some who have paid the ultimate price. Uh, Thank you, Lord. Um, You loved us enough to die for our sins and, and die and save us, God through that sacrifice on the cross. Thank, thank you for the resurrection, but we know that there are some who died for this nation, and we celebrate our freedom in part because of what they did. So thank you. Bless their families today. Provide for all their needs. Comfort those who need comforting. And protect those who are currently in the armed forces and who are serving wherever they might be. Uh, we love you. We thank you for another opportunity to talk about church issues and things that matter especially in terms of eternity, but also in terms of strengthening the body of Christ and waking us up and getting us ready for the days to live, that we have to live ahead so that we can uh, just be aware of what's going on around us and know how to respond. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, we are so blessed, friends, to have Jan Markell back with us. It was nice uh, of her to have me on Understanding the Times Radio a few weeks ago. And, of course, you know she's founder and president of Olive Tree Views, Olive Tree Ministries, and host of Understanding the Times Radio. She's written many books, has some outstanding DVDs. In fact, one of them uh, on government and God that uh, we enjoy. But uh, she incorporated Olive Tree in 1982, and we're blessed to partner with her ministry by uh, just supporting her, supporting Israel, Bible prophecy-oriented teachings and churches, discernment-focused ministry leaders, and striving to help you understand the times and contend for the faith. Jan, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. Well, thank you for having me, David. appreciate it. You're doing a great, a great service there to, um, to the remnant. Well, you are too. I think uh, I'm kind of riding on your coattails sometimes. <laughs> Thank you and, and all of, of, of your uh, influence in this uh, area and the people that you rub elbows with. We're going to talk about some of those today when we talk sure. about that Prophecy Roundtable discussion you had uh, recently. But uh, we are also going to get to some top Bible prophecy stories and topics in 2021. And that's from an article that you wrote and this one is what we're going to start with today, because I, 
I read this last night. I was aware of the article, and I wanted to talk about it. Evangelical leaders urge pastors not to forsake teaching Bible prophecy and to talk about the end times. And it's got uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs here who is quoted, and it's at Harbinger's Daily. And I just want to ask you a little bit about this, Jen. Do you sometimes feel like, I hate to use this expression, but beating a dead horse (laughs) of being so redundant? And I feel like that on this podcast for all the years we've been doing this. And it just doesn't seem like those churches that are avoiding this important issue, about one-third of the Bible, it doesn't seem like it's changing. So your thoughts on that right off the top? Well, it's a good question. Um, the the kind of the discussion, I think, was born out of the um, Behold, He Comes Prophecy Conference, which was uh, mid-September, a few months ago, and those participating were Pastor Jack Hibbs and Amir Sarfati, pa- uh, Pastor Barry Stegner, and myself. Um, the conference also featured Michelle Bachman, but she was not a part of this discussion. And I think it's a good question, um, is the situation and the dilemma we're talking about hopeless? Um, I don't want to label anything hopeless, but do we get discouraged? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there just tons of emails that come into this ministry on a daily basis that are saying, We've searched, you know, all all over our particular town of every solid denomination we can think of, and there are just so many issues that 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 church won't any church won't, will address. There are just so many that are so important, um, or they're steeped steeped in amillennialism mm-hmm. or kingdom now theology, which says the church will perfect the world. Um, and, and and then they get down to maybe some more stable denominations, maybe even a Calvary Chapel, uh, which I think generally they're fairly sound, but there certainly are some that are wayward now as well. So so I think it's a discouraging time for for remnant believers um, as, as we do some of these events around the country. Mm. I, I would say the most the, the only discouraging angle, and, and by the way, as you know, because you travel and meet folks as well, it's very, very encouraging to go and, and yes. encourage the flock and have them encourage you as well. Amen. Yeah. But at the same time, it you can go away a little bit discouraged when you hear the multiple, multiple stories of people who have just done everything they know how to do to find a solid church and... In their minds, and sometimes I might ask them if I'm face-to-face or even in an email, you're not looking for perfection, are you? Because that doesn't exist. And they generally will say, no, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, But, you know, David, we're in Laodicea, I Mm. believe. That's the last church before the rapture, Laodicea. So I'm not sure what we should expect. I don't think our expectations should be very high. Yeah, and and that's... It's hard to hear those words, Jan. I mean, you've been around for a long time. You've been in in this in these evangelical circles. You've you've spoken at a lot of conferences and a lot of churches, <clears throat> and you've met a lot of people. and And I have to some degree, but it's it's hard to say those words. That boy, mm-hmm. we can we can hope in Christ, and we can have faith in what He has promised, and our blessed hope in His return, and what we have to look forward to. But as for now. There are some who I think they're trying to be optimistic, mm-hmm. like things are going to get better and work out. And I know you, you've got to balance that out, I believe. And I want to get your uh, response to this, because there are some pastors who are really f- pushing revival. And, yeah. of course, for revival to happen, we need repentance in right. the church. I hope that would happen, maybe even in pockets, but I'm not too ost- optimistic about that. What are your thoughts? Well, I did a whole radio program on that. It would have been maybe two months ago, and it's possibly even three months ago, with uh, Pastor Tom Hughes, Calvary Chapel, uh, San Jacinto, California, and our local pastor here, Pastor Mark Henry. And we spent an hour, and the question that we asked is, what's next, revival or rapture? And the three of us concluded we don't have time for some kind of a national or international revival. Certainly individuals can be 
revived. You can have a church that that gets somehow spiritually revived. <clears throat> but um, national revival likely not going to happen. It's going to happen in the tribulation for sure, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because the hundred and forty four thousand will be preaching the gospel during the tribulation, and yeah. Revelation says, well untold millions will come to faith during the tribulation. So our position in that program was that's the next revival. It's in the tribulation, but of course the church is gone from that experience, so the revival is going to happen among unbelievers getting saved during the tribulation. And our conclusion was there probably isn't time for that to happen here. But you know what? God might surprise us might delay his re- Lord's return mm. and decide to ignite the church. I, who know, we don't know the mind of God. Yeah, we don't. We, we hope this would happen, because as we know, the Lord's patience means salvation. Yeah, yeah. But yet, we cannot deny these dark, evil days and these times in which we live where it's clearly obvious. In fact, you said it in that Prophecy Roundtable discussion that uh, the spirit of Antichrist, the Antichrist spirit of the age, is alive and well. And it makes me think of Ephesians chapter 5, where it says, Awake, sleeper, arise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. So then be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So we need to understand what the will of the Lord is. And I believe he's trying to get the church to wake up, to understand the times. So we are not seeing that sense of urgency in general in the body of Christ in, in America, are we, Jan? No, I don't think we're even saying, to be really blunt, the church wake up. Um, What I'm hearing from people, either face-to-face or emails or letters, whatever, is um, in their their particular circle, and I mean, if I just heard from three people saying this, that's one thing. But when over time, it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds that in their particular church, and look, not talking about the first Unitarian church down the street. We're talking about uh, good, solid Baptists and Assemblies of God and Free Church, etc. But these folks are reporting that the majority in that church, probably, I mean, if they were to take a poll, it might turn out to be 95%, are are comfortable in in, um, kind of just going along with whatever the program is there. They're their faith isn't exciting them. Certainly, their future is, in other words, the fact that Jesus could come at him any minute, is of no interest to them. Mm. And so what happens is this little remnant, that's why I use that word all the time, this little remnant of believers, perhaps 5% of the church, um, they are so, they feel so alone. They feel so, um, who do they turn to for even for fellowship? Some will say they don't have a single family member who believes as they do or who understands the theology of the days we're in as they do, and they're just so discouraged. And that's why, you know, programs like yours or mine or what Jack Hibbs is doing online, Amir Sarfati, J.D. Farag, and others, it's so important because that's where they go to supplement their faith. And if without that, they dry up and blow away. Wow. Um, this is sobering, but it's important to have these discussions, I believe, because there are always newer listeners uh, tuning into Understanding the Times, hearing you speak at conferences, listening to Stand Up for the Truth. There are always people referring us, thankfully, referring people to our uh, podcasts or programs. And so they need to hear this. And for so I said at the very beginning, sometimes it feels like we're being very re- redundant and often, but um, this is the way it is. So let's transition into this roundtable discussion you had with uh, Jack Hibbs, Amir Sarfati, and Barry Stagner. And I really want to focus for these next couple minutes on what Amir said. He said that people shouldn't stop attending a particular church simply because it doesn't teach about Bible prophecy. Now, I know some people would disagree with Amir on that point. Uh, He said being around other Christians is important, and boy, don't we know that from COVID from last year and trying to watch a service online, which really isn't church. But uh, Amir said uh, Christians in these scenarios should seek out knowledge and biblical prophecy from other avenues if their churches do not offer that information. 
And um, he said that, Jan, and I agree with him, but I'm saddened that we even have to have these discussions. And hopefully those churches at least are standing on some sound doctrine and don't have other doctrinal issues. They are just maybe shying away from Bible prophecy. But still, it is disappointing. So your thoughts on what Amir shared? Okay, we're... we're uh, cut off. We don't hear you, Jan. I'm not sure if you can still hear us. And she she's on a landline, so I, I really don't know the problem. So we're going to try to reconnect with Jan Markell. Uh, she's uh, coming to us from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we'll try to get her back on the line um, on that landline. So this article I want to point you to is over at Harbinger's Daily, which is a phenomenal news site, you guys. You've got to go check out Harbinger's Daily and bookmark it Make it a resource you go to often. It's in our, on our resource page, StandUpForTheTruth.com, upper left-hand column, resources. We've got 200 of them in alphabetical order, and I really want to encourage you to support Harbingers Daily. The article, again, is called Evangelical Leaders Urge Pastors Not to Forsake Teaching Bible Prophecy and to talk about the end times. And it's got a picture of Jack Hibbs there. I'm not available. Um, have Leave back? a message, or you can try my mobile phone. Oh, that was her uh, voicemail. So we'll keep on trying to get a hold of Jan. Sorry about that. We, we typically have a very good connection with her as she's on a landline there, not on a cell phone. But I'll continue to share what this article says, and, and we'll let Jan respond once we can reconnect with her. Hopefully we will be able to get her back on the line. Uh, maybe we can get crashed to uh, check her other number. But um, Christians in these scenarios, he said, should seek out other knowledge. And that's so let's talk about the reality that this is disappointing when your pastor doesn't address Bible prophecy, end times, the book of Revelation, cultural issues, what's happening in our government. Um, and they don't address that. And then we have to go online. We have to go to one of our favorite national pastors. I, I particularly like Andy Woods. He was just on with us a few days ago. Thank you so much for all you who supported that uh, podcast with Dr. Andy Woods. He's a phenomenal Bible teacher. Then there's uh, Dr. J.B. Hickson, which I'll be going to visit his church this Sunday. Um, but there are so many good teachers around the country. Um, but it's sad that you have to say, all right, I need to supplement what I'm getting at my own church with my own pastor somewhere else. And, and uh, I think Amir Sarfati talked about that. He said this. He said, how many times have you encountered people who say, we don't have any good, solid church around 10 or 20 miles from us? And he said, if that's the only church around, go there and take food supplements. What he meant by that is, you go there, try to get as much as you can, serve if you can serve there. But when he said food supplements, he means you've got to get some meat or supplements elsewhere from good, solid Bible teachers who will address Bible prophecy. And I'm so blessed to be able to say that our pastor at De Pere, Christ the Rock Church, right here, Pastor Kevin Minsky, he, uh, is, we're finishing up Revelation. He's in chapter 20, and he's been going through this. But not only that, he's addressing the globalism, and the push that we're seeing from Marxism in America and all these things that are happening. He's addressing this as we go through Bible prophecy, as we're in the book of Revelation, as so much is predicted and prophesied. So I'm so thankful for that. But I know a lot of you are going, boy, I wish I had a pastor that would address these things. Um, I just want to check and see if, no, nope, we're not connected. Okay. All right. Let's take an early break. And we'll come back and we'll finish. We'll talk about this article. We're also going to talk with Jan Markell about her article about top 10 or uh, top Bible prophecy stories in 2021. We'll look at some key issues and key topics and uh, more about this article about, boy, what should we do if your church does not approach or touch on Bible prophecy? More with Jan Markell on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. We have reconnected with Jan Markell, praise God. Um, before we get back into this topic, I just want to mention uh, Franklin Graham recently had surgery. I just saw the headline over at CBN News, uh, Pray As He Recovers 
from heart surgery. So Franklin Graham with Samaritan's Purse uh, Ministry. So Jan, we were going through this article before we uh, lost you on the connection yeah, there. Yeah. Evangelical leaders urging pastors not to forsake teaching Bible prophecy. I quoted Amir Sarfati who said, uh, people shouldn't stop attending a particular church simply because it does not teach Bible prophecy. He said being around other Christians is important. And then he also said, you're going to need to go there, serve, have, be in fellowship, but you'll have to get your food supplements elsewhere yeah. is how he put it. Your response to that? Yeah, and, and I think that was actually from a question I may have raised and thrown it at these pastors to and, and Amir, who's a ministry leader, um, I mean, should we be sticking around in it? Here's the thing. Um, a lot of people are living in a town where there literally is no church that's going to cover um, 100% of the Bible. Maybe they're going to leave out Genesis. And maybe they're going to leave out Revelation. Um, there's just all sorts of issues that the church can leave out. Now, here's the question that I think is essential. Are they preaching the gospel? Are they preaching a born-again experience? Are yes. they teaching, you know, that um, how to how to re- repent and turn your life around? And Jesus is the only answer. And I think that was sort of the context of the discussion. And if they're doing that, and there's simply no other option in in your community, I think what Amir was saying, and I think the others would have have agreed with him that then you go to that particular church, you. You you bring in the issues that are important. Mm-hmm. You become a little missionary in that church, because the op- other option is going to be you're going to stay home. Yes. And that is not an option. I mean, even Hebrews 10 says we're not to be forsaking fellowship. And we could discuss, well, what is fellowship? Isn't that getting together with a few people? Well, yeah, that's true. But I think there's a greater context there. We're not to, to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the habit of some, and and we're to be gathered together to worship the Lord together, to you know, to take communion, things like this. So to give up totally, he felt wasn't an option. Jack feels that's not an option. But let's go in and make a difference then where we can make a difference. Amen. Amen. And I'm, I'm glad you agree and, and we all point out the fact that watching an online teaching is not church. Yeah is it not church, church. And, no. and to be honest neither is a building a building is not a church uh, the yes. the ecclesia it's a gathering it's the group it's the body of christ people coming together to listen to the word of god to fellowship to break bread to have communion to pray minister to one another and encourage one another so you need that fellowship so i do agree with amir even though at first i went wait a minute where is he <laughs> going with this <laughs> um well, so there's Go ahead. so many david so many wonderful opportunities online where we can supplement yes. and get our vitamins, you know, from from various online teachers. Yes, um, uh, and I mean, including your program or programs like it. In other words, uh, folks need news information, how to cope with our times. We've got the vaccine issue, which is just so horrific going on. People losing everything they've they've worked for all their lives and mm-hmm. losing their jobs, which means they could lose even their homes, etc. Um, and, and and so if we aren't encouraging one another, we're we're gonna we're gonna jump off a cliff somewhere. So we just got to be with people where we are encouraging each other. Amen. We need that. I mean, even um, you know, depression is and anxiety are off the charts yeah. since yeah, since, yeah, since exactly. COVID in particular and uh, suicide attempts. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, we need to keep encouraging one another, reaching out. But let's talk about what Barry Stagner said. He responded in this prophecy uh, roundtable discussion. Uh, he responded by saying, if you hear in church more about improving your life, like your best life now, he mm-hmm. said your this life situation and solving society's woes, then you are hearing about being equipped to get people into the kingdom of God, leave. Now, that's interesting. Is he contradicting Amir? I don't think he is, but it's interesting that he says if you're hearing more about just fluff and cotton candy, and it might not be you know false teaching necessarily, but what, what do you think about that, Jan? Oh, I think the Church is so infected right now with a Joel Osteen type of, of Christianity, um, which is basically... You can have your best life now. Well, mm. look around. Is this our? Is this as good as it gets? 
um, with with the various COVID issues, the rising tyranny. You you ask some people in Australia, the believers down there who I hear from every single day, multiple every during the day. Mm. If this is the best life they've ever known, it's hell on earth down there and New Zealand. And that's coming to Canada and other parts of Western Europe and eventually the U.S. So there's no way we're going to... God doesn't want us to enjoy this life. He, he wants us to have our eyes focused on eternity mm. and then yes. spend the time we have down here leading others into salvation so that they can enjoy eternity. So, I mean, I'm really strong on this. There's no way this world is going to offer us much of anything. No, and it goes right in line with 1 John chapter 2, 15, 16. Do not love the world, yes. nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And then he takes it to the next step and says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. So uh, it's very clear in Scripture. We are, not to, we are to do what we can for the kingdom of God and Jesus while we're living, but we are not to invest and love this world and want to stay here. That's not the uh, biblical worldview. But Stagner went on to say this, Jan, I'd like you to respond. And I'm thinking, boy, when pastors go to seminary now, it depends on the seminary they go to. He said, there's no excuse for pastors avoiding parts of the Bible, and every pastor should put in the effort to study the scriptures to fully understand all parts of the Bible. I mean, this is to you and I, it's a no-brainer. It's common sense. It's, yeah, of course, if you want to be a pastor, you want to be able to teach the Bible. But it's it's kind of revealing that Barry and, and, and others have to say things like this. Well, um, yeah, I think uh, you know, he had some good insights there. So, I, But, you know, I just I go back in our discussion here. I go back to what did you think? the church of the last days would look like. And and let me even refine that question a little Mm. bit better. What did you think the last days would look like? Mm. Folks, what did you expect in the end times? What does the Bible say about the end times? They're going to be perilous, 2 Timothy 3. People are going to have a Romans 1 mentality, which is that of a depraved mind. That doesn't mean necessarily Christians, but the world certainly has a depraved mind. But 2 Timothy 3 is really addressed to the Church. Mm-hmm. And, and and there it says, hey, the Church is going to have people, lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, boastful, without natural affection, disobedient to parents. That's the last day's Church outlined in the Bible. So what did you think the last days anywhere were going to be like in the world or the church? It's going to be a mess. That's why we look to heaven. That's why we look to our eternal home, because until we get there, everything's dysfunctional. Now, but but we're here for a reason. We're here for a reason, and that's to, to share the good news, to tell people there's a way out, to tell people there's an eternity, and you think on that word eternity for a minute, that's without end. There's an eternity without end that's glorious, our glorious future. Hmm. Um, and, and as one of the books we carry by Ed Heinsohn, this is our future glory. So that's what we need to be focusing on. But, you know, in the meantime, we have to cope with the fact that we're probably the generation that's going to be the last generation. We're probably the generation that's going to see the rapture of the church. And if you are born again, you do go with the Lord when he calls us home uh, in that rapture experience. If not, that's another story. But So what a privilege, David, yes. um, to be a part of this generation. Uh, what you just said almost sent chills up my spine, just to be part of this generation where we might participate in the actual catching away of the saints, the rapture. It's just amazing to even think about, and I'm encouraged just by you sharing that. Um, but let's just wrap up this article and we'll move on. Uh, Jack Hibbs said, Scripture says the Antichrist is going to deceive the world. Something economically has to collapse, the U.S. dollar soon, with what's happening. And there's going to be a need for a new economy, uh, Jack Hibbs said. Um, The Antichrist is going to have the answer, as you often say, the man with the plan. He's going to bring peace because there's going to be mayhem. And Amir wrapped up in this article if a believer is not eagerly awaiting the expectation of Jesus' return, 
there's something terribly wrong with their understanding of scriptures. Jan, your final thoughts on as we wrap well, up? Well, and this? it might even just be ignorance again, mm-hmm. because so many people have grown up in a church that will never address this, and they haven't tapped into an outstanding ministry like uh, Behold, uh, Behold Israel or Jack Hibb. They, they, they're just totally ignorant that all. But but nonetheless, there's there's something missing. When again, I think what it gets down to, David, is this feel good religion. This happy days are here. This you can have your best life now. And I think that's coming from too many of our pulpits. And I think this is a tragedy because again, there's no way, and God ever intended for us to have a great, happy life here on earth. I think he wants us to enjoy as much of it as possible. But we're on a fallen planet. Mm -hmm. You give that a a thought for a moment, on a fallen planet, nothing works very well. Mm -hmm. And we can see before our eyes as we speak, things are collapsing. Our health care system is collapsing. Our government is collapsing. And this is all by design. That goes back to the World Economic Forum. That's another topic. Um, but therefore, we've got to have our eyes focused on eternity. Mm. I will link to that Prophecy Roundtable discussion. I think it's, it's excellent. You guys need to listen to it if you haven't yet. It's on Jan Markell's uh, YouTube channel, probably on Rumble as well. But uh, it's with these three men of God, and Jan. Um, so let's talk about some topics now that you brought up in your Bible prophecy stories of 2021, and this one falls right along with what we were talking about, falls in line. It says, America's decline and the yeah. rise of the World Economic Forum. And this is kind of interesting that uh, Biden's Build Back Better yes, campaign, yes. not a lot of people understand. That's really communist policy. Yes, yes. Um and that's the uh, that's the mantra of the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, Joe Biden tapped into that as uh, his uh, sort of campaign slogan, <laughs> uh, "Build Back Better." Um, and, and again, this this gets into. I mean, we the World Economic Forum is really a topic in and of itself. It's the end time Antichrist kingdom. We see it building now. We see it forming now. It's forming now. Klaus Schwab, who put this together in 1971. He said 50 years of trying to construct global government and a one-world system. It's coming. The Bible says it's coming. We just don't know when. I think it's coming soon, but of course the, the church vacates before this happens. Here again, though, David, what a privilege for our generation mm. to see these things sort of on the horizon Yes. And no previous generation, our parents' generation didn't see this, and those before them certainly didn't see hardly anything. They didn't even have modern means of communication uh, back back then. So how could they see all these things happen now with with satellites and and internet and all? We're watching the rush to the, the rush to the uh, to every the rush to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. You can see the. Well, you can hear their hoofbeats. They're right over a ridge. Mm. That means the church is going to heaven real soon. (laughs) Amen. And you say, what's fascinating, Jan, is those of us who have been studying Scripture and trying to keep up with Bible prophecy, we kind of understood this this was going to happen. It was on the way. We didn't see how. And then came the coronavirus, right? Right. It's fascinating how they have used that, they meaning the global elites, the socialists, you know, the power players, and you say it was the crisis that they couldn't let go to waste, but so was the collapse of America as a global leader. Now, that's that's very uh, disheartening in a way, but it's very sobering as well. But it had to happen to get to this point, right? Yeah, because everything's falling into place. <clears throat> and for things to fall in, <clears throat> for things to fall into place, certain things are going to have to fall apart. Um, and we shouldn't necessarily weep and mourn when we see some things falling apart because that just means God's rearranging the deck chairs and he's uh, re- he's getting ready for the curtain to go up on the last act, but that's the last act of humanity, the last act of the church age. It's not the end of the world. That's that's a long ways away. We've got a millennium to go through, uh, then we get to the eternal state. So we've certainly got at least 1,007 years left ahead of us. Um, but I know people get upset when they see things kind of collapsing in front of them. Again, the Bible said these things must happen. Mm -hmm. They have to happen. 
So rejoice, people. Rejoice, because it means the king is coming. And as long as we're on this paradigm, which is earth as we know it, again, it's broken, it's polluted, it won't work right, but eternity will work very right. Amen. Amen. And Jan, we've got three minutes left in this segment, and your next topic in your article is a fear-based world willing to submit, that's key word, willing to submit to government overreach. Share your thoughts on that. Well, whoever thought that not just America, not just North America, and not just Western civilization, but really all of the world, 200-plus nations, would go along with something like, um, we're going to lock down your country, Uh, you're going to be confined for weeks to months, and in Australia it's over a year, Mm. you're going to be confined, you're going to have to submit to government mandates, you're going to have to possibly, we don't know where this is going, take an injection that could easily harm you, uh, could be more dangerous than the coronavirus. Whoever thought we'd cave to this? But the world has caved to it because the globalists instilled fear and created a fear-based world. And anytime you can create a fear-based world, the public is going to go along uh, just actually rather willingly. So what they're doing is they're preparing the stage for the Antichrist. He's going to come in, play off this fear-based world, and tell people they've got to take a mark, the church will be gone. Mm -hmm. You've got to take a mark in order to buy and sell. You've got to take a mark to do anything. Otherwise, you're going to have to go live in a cave and live off the, who knows what, leaves off a tree. So that's what's ahead for the unbelieving world. Um, But it starts with a fear-based society, and whoever would have thought, David, it'd be a pandemic. Yes, and the main word, I think, that was, or the main scripture that was the number one on, I think it was Bible Gateway or one of those Bible yeah. apps last year was Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, I am with yeah. you, says the Lord. So, Jan, we've only got a minute left here, so I won't get into this, but I just want to share uh, with our listeners in this article. It's fascinating. We're talking about the USA here, and you write, Our own FBI encouraged people to turn in loved ones who might have mm-hmm. been violating health Safety And you used a word I don't think I've seen or heard, tribulation-esque. <laughs> you said such betrayal is tribulation-esque. I love it. I love it. And a lot of people who are listening right now are informed. They understood this had to happen, just didn't want to believe it could happen in America so quickly. That's right. And, uh, so we'll, quickly. Yep. We'll talk a lot more with Jan when we come back uh, going through this article on the top Bible prophecy stories in 2021. And we'll also get her take on the recent vote in Minneapolis rejecting the ballot measure to remove the city's police department. They voted. More with Jan Markell in just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. We've got Jan, Jan Markell on the line, and i got to share this meme. Before we get into something else, I've just really got to share this. It, it, it was so funny and It says, they're talking about the government, right? It says, you can't figure out how to unload cargo ships, but you know how to change global warming? I thought that was a great meme. Yeah, they can't figure out how to get get us uh, stuff in the stores for Christmas shopping, but they, they sure know how to, you know, save the world with their climate change propaganda. Anyway, so that was funny. Now back to the serious topic of... Public public safety and uh, police departments around the country. We know what's been happening in the last couple of years. Last summer, cities were on fire, literally burning, looting, violence. Um, but let's talk about Minneapolis, Jan. You were in the heart of it there, ground zero from the yeah. uh, George Floyd uh, murder. And it says the Minneapolis voters went to the ballot recently, just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, they rejected the ballot measure to defund the police or to remove the city's police department. But the number was 56% of voters. That's not an overwhelming majority. What do you think? Well, I've lived here all my life, David, and and, um, this used to be Minnesota, a wonderful state to live in, and and I really have very little positive to say. Hmm. But why am I saying that? That's because the cult of liberalism took over, oh, 50 long time ago. It's just been incrementally getting getting worse as the liberalism and the nutty politics of liberalism. It just destroys one thing after another in a blue state. 
Um, so I wasn't surprised by any of this. And they were certainly trying to make Minnesota the poster child of uh, of no no police. Mm-hmm. What concerned me is I think, if I recall, 44% voted, we don't want police. Well, okay, next time your house gets broken in or somebody's beating up somebody you care about and there are no police, you know, you have to wonder, will these folks change their mind at that point? I don't know. I think they're so brainwashed mm. with liberalism. Yep. Uh, which is an evil, evil, evil way of thinking. Um, that I don't. I I think they would opt for uh, no police. I really do. That's that forty-four percent. Yeah. And then you, of course, you've got chaos, and you've got you know. Yes. Uh, you, you cannot if you can't not control if you can't control cl- crime, which they really allowed. They allowed lawlessness. They were not arresting people last summer, and they were letting them l- loot and riot and burn down buildings and blow up cars. And when they did a survey, Jan, I don't know if you remember this, they did a survey, and I think on the younger people, under 40 years old, it may have been 35, but right around there and younger, the survey came out and concluded that 58% of them said what was going on was justified because of what happened to George Floyd. And you're thinking, wow, one not that it wasn't a tragedy. One man's murder, though. And then you've got dozens more were murdered on the streets of cities across the country. Even That's minority right. business owners lost their businesses. Black people well, were killed. The five miles of Minneapolis that's burned down from uh, end of May 2020 um, heavily were minority owned and more of a minority neighborhood. Um you know, but what I think is ultimate irony, David, is those who were doing that kind of carnage, um, w- many of them were never arrested. Or if they were, they were arrested in part thanks to Kamala Harris. Exactly. They were arrested and then let go. You've got a young man from Kenosha, Wisconsin, at least the incident happened in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. who's obviously a patriot and, and a, a very decent young man. Who's now literally fighting for his freedom in a trial in your state, Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. Um, so why is that young man arrested and his whole life is in jeopardy, and yet you've got tens of thousands of rioters never ever held to accountability? You talk about an upside upside down world. That's why I say this is a broken planet. It will never function properly until Jesus rules and reigns from Jerusalem during the millennium. Then all of this nonsense will go away, but it won't before that. You can keep voting for the Republican Party, and I recommend that folks do. You can keep hoping Donald Trump comes back, and I hope he does, (laughs) but that's not going to solve Earth's problems. Amen. Uh, Jan, back to your article now, a nice transition to one of the categories in your article. I want to jump to this, lawlessness. And that's prophetic, what we saw in the streets last year and what's happening yeah, across exactly. the country. Lawlessness and the rise of the spirit of Antichrist. So let's just talk a little bit more about that and how this is prophesied in Scripture. Yeah, and, and basically what I did here, uh, David, was just summarize some of the top um, prophecy stories of the last year. And, and I think anybody who's observing anything would have to acknowledge that lawlessness is out of control. Now, lawlessness doesn't have to be um, burning buildings down. Uh, it doesn't have to be what happened in Minneapolis in May of 2020 and then across many, many cities in America. Lawlessness can be coming out of Washington, D.C. Yes. With one reckless um, sort of self-proclamation, you will do this, and you will do this, and you will do this. That is lawlessness, because it's going against the Constitution. It's going against what the voters voted for. But these politicians are going to have their way, and they're going to, they're, they're going to push these things through that are utterly lawless. Right. So this is on various fronts. But what does it say in Matthew uh, twenty four twelve that um, lawlessness will abound? Now, that that's during the tribulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew 24 is all tribulation. But see, we see the tribulation casting its shadow on the church age right now, which should be encouraging to people, again, yes. because that means that the Lord's return is just imminent any day, any minute. Um, so we, we don't have to look at these things as gloom and doom, and I think that's 
we need to leave that as as a thought for your listeners that mm-hmm. these things which are just horrific to look at you don't have to see them as doom and gloom see them as the fact that it's a reminder they're a herald of Jesus coming a herald of his coming yes we are getting close friends yeah getting close amen yeah. and by the way jan when you referenced kamala harris earlier for those people that yeah. didn't know or that think well why did she mention kamala harris she actually helped bail out rioters and looters and and these people that were burning down buildings. I think it was called the Minneapolis Freedom Fund or something like that. But they raised a lot of money to get felons out of prison. And so Kamala Harris kind of led that effort. So let's go to the next topic. And we've been talking about this for a decade or two, but it's now we're just kind of seeing it hit a high point. Romans 1, reprobate mind and delusional thinking. Well, the three scariest wor- four scariest words in the Bible come out of Romans one twenty eight. God gave them over. Mm. So there is a point in time where God gives up on certain people, and he gives them over to a depraved mind and, and unsound thinking. Mm. And we're seeing that everywhere we look today. I, I just referenced the fact that my home state has been destroyed by reprobate thinking, the cult of liberalism mm-hmm. has destroyed Minnesota, destroyed Illinois, destroyed New York, destroyed California. Um, so, but that's because God eventually, when when people continue to reject Him and continue to reject Him and continue to not only reject Him but then curse Him, He says, "I believe He says, according to Romans one, okay, you have it your way. That's fine." But nothing's going to work your way, mm. and nothing does work very well. But that's what the, it says in Romans one twenty-eight. God gave them over. He gave them over. They didn't just stumble on our depraved mind. He gave them a depraved yep. mind because they did. They they have so denounced him. That's right. You you reject Jesus. You reject the truth. This is how you want to live. I'm going to give you the consequences of your own yeah. heart, yeah. your own decisions. So I love the way that's summed up. So. Uh, well, Romans 1, reprobate mind and delusional thinking. And boy, the spirit of delusion is alive and well today as, as, as it well, is clear. Well, defund the police is <laughs> delusional thinking. Yes. There, are, there are leftists who would stand be first in line to say that that's delusional thinking <laughs> to defund the police. I mean, not every liberal is a whack job. I mean, some of them can can at least make sound conclusions when it comes to major issues like this. And they, they, they're just... Our Minneapolis mayor, who's hardcore liberal, is not in favor of defunding the police. Now, Jan, within the last uh, six minutes here, um, let's talk about something we don't hear a lot about. Well, we hear a lot about marginalization of Christians, but not necessarily what's happening with the anti-Semitism that Jews are being marginalized as well. Well, yeah, Jews, Christians, conservatives— and, and I think uh, one of the things, and I brought this out in my um, message that I gave at Behold He Comes back in mid-September, is uh, if, if, you, if, if you object to, let's just say, COVID policies, and folks and authorities know you've objected to COVID policies, you go on a terror watch list. Uh, now, your listeners may not know that, but, but they're going to go on a terror watch list. You're going to be labeled an extremist. You're going to be labeled a white supremacist. Uh, you're going to be labeled something, somebody as comparable to the Taliban. Uh, but this is because this liberalism type of thinking, this cult of liberalism, puts good people into a dangerous category. And, of course, they're doing it with Jews as well, and, and that, that should be expected because anti-Semitism is clearly going to grow in the last days. So, but both Jews and Christians and just plain conservatives are now uh, under the gun. And look, we got people in jail for almost a year. Hmm. And all they did was attend a rally in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th, and they've been in jail for almost a year. So they waved the flag, and maybe they walked through the Capitol. They did no damage. They did no harm. But they're in jail, and their life is ruined. So. Hmm. That's government out of control. Mm, Absolutely. Oh, my goodness, there's so much we could talk about. I do want to remind people that they can get more information on this topic. You have a DVD called Convergence, How Things Are Falling Into Place, where you go into detail and and talk about other topics as well, correct? 
Yeah, Olive Tree Views, views as in viewpoint, olivetreeviews.org for articles, uh, radio programs, all of our Understanding the Times Radio. And I'll say to your audience, David, you're one of my more favorite uh, radio guests because you're talking about the things you and I are talking about now and how things are kind of going south. Um, So olivetreeviews.org and I think four or five years of radio there and articles in a store, etc. And yes, that particular DVD, Convergence, you can call my office as well anytime and we'll get it out to you. Mm. We've, I think, covered a lot of ground and uh, a lot of people know where we stand if they've listened to our ministries for any length of time. And I think we've tried to do a good job here today of giving people encouragement, reminding them that God is not surprised. These times were expected, and this is all prophetic. And I'm looking at Revelation 22 right now, just reminding us of Jesus' words, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. And then he goes on, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And we have such an amazing hope, and that we have so much to look forward to, Jan. And when you said earlier, I can't get that out of my mind, thank you for reminding us, this may well be the generation to see his return. And to me, that's stunning when you look past at world history, and here we are today with all these things happening. Would you like to wrap up in the last minute or so with just a final thought? Yeah, and, and I think that's what I would emphasize, reemphasize is we are seeing things fall apart all around us, but that is simply the players on the chessboard mm-hmm. that God is moving into place. Mm-hmm. And for certain things to come about, um, certain things have to go haywire, to put it in simple language. So, so, but, but, but let's not focus on that. Let's focus on the fact that It's such a privilege and a challenge to be born for such a time as this. For some reason, God wanted every one of your listeners and mine uh, to be a part of this generation. Why? To sit around and watch catastrophe? No, to make a difference. Again, to be salt and light and to delay the terrible decay uh, of a sinful planet. He wants us to be on a rescue mission, and your type of programming and mine, we, we air these programs to do exactly that, to rescue the perishing. So I encourage all your listeners to be focused on doing that for whatever time we have left, maybe days, it may be weeks, it may be months, maybe years, but whatever time is left, let's rescue the perishing. Because I'll tell you what, eternity, and particularly in the lake of fire, is almost unthinkable. Mm. Think about your loved one in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. So let's get busy sharing the gospel and saving the lost. Amen. Jan Markell, God bless your ministry. Thank you so much for all you do and for being with us today. You're very welcome. Well, tomorrow, friends, I'll be heading out uh, to Denver, Colorado area and flying out. So you will hear a rebroadcast of Cal Beisner, our guest, the founder of the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation. You'll hear that podcast tomorrow. Thank you so much for sharing. And as always, God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.